Hi, this is John Deke. 25 years of the Very Young Composers, a program of the New York Philharmonic. We're hearing a bit of Jack Guglielmetti's Shades for Orchestra, a Very Young Composer. This is Scene 9, Italian Revelations. What could be more exciting than a year of independent study in Italy? Wow, what was I bringing to this, my first year of study abroad? Well, three things. First, I wanted to learn all I could about Italian culture, art, and language, trying to dispel our reputations abroad as the ugly Americans. Secondly, I wanted to hone my skills as an instrumentalist. And finally, I was still searching for a creative way to expand and spread my joy in symphonic music by composing and developing somehow an aesthetic that could guide young people. Carol came with me to Italy and seemed to be searching for something as well, something quite different. Anyway, back at Interlaken, frustrated in composing, I had again subconsciously gravitated toward an answer that contained in visual art. Thumbing through a book of art history at the library one day there, I was intensely struck by a painting of Giorgio de Chirico, an Italian artist born in 1888. Now, he was a forerunner and inspiration for the entire generation of surrealist artists who followed. Juan Miro, Dali, Doramar, Max Ernst, Tanguy, all of them. He portrayed consciousness as a mystery, unfathomable yet compelling. They were rebels, these surrealist artists, at the time unaccepted by the art establishment, but later becoming its heroes and vastly influential. I began, without thinking of art history or any conscious direction, I began to produce dream drawings inspired by the landscapes around me, and especially of the West and Southwest, as we went on tour with the Chicago Little Symphony from Atlanta through the South and into the West. It was my path at the time in producing creative art, this visual stuff. I didn't know that this would lead to music composition and further, but I felt a genuine urge to follow this path for the time being. The connection of this with the trip to Italy was in my visits all over that country to study the art of the great masters of the past and the present. As for de Chirico, I knew that he was still alive and living in the Piazza del Popolo, not far from where I was. Now, several times I sat in the piazza, hoping to catch a glimpse of him. And one morning, I saw an old figure hunched over and leaving his building. It was mistakably, unmistakably him. To this day, I regret not going up to him and speaking to him, giving him my gratitude for how he had changed my life, but... Well, perhaps it was just enough to see him. Ah, but Italy and the Italians, what an amazing people, what wonderful, utterly different energy. My daily life basically consisted in taking the bus down from Monte Mario 25 minutes to the Conservatorio di Santa Cecilia to practice. In the middle of the year, my teacher suddenly said to me, Gianni, he called me, I'm going on a three-month tour with the Virtuosi di Roma. You teach my students, eh? Teach your students? Yikes. 
In those days, very few people there spoke English. It was one thing to study with teachers in Italian, but quite another to teach in Italian. It made me nail down my fluency, so it's good for only that. It was fun, too. It was like washing out the mind to learn to think in another language. I began to think poetically in a different way, trying to exhort my students to play creatively. Yeah, <laughs> Americans. <laughs> Remember the old joke? What do you call a person who speaks three languages? Trilingual. What about two languages? Bilingual. And someone who speaks only one language? An American. Ha ha ha. And even more like that now, since every country I've lately worked in, gee, they all speak English. Convenient, but embarrassing. Well, more about that later. Even though the conservatory was traditional and hardly innovative, I discovered there was a lively art and music scene all over the country. Dennis Russell Davies, a great conductor and old friend, came over at one point and introduced me to a number of composers, including Luciano Berrio. I found Berio's aesthetic quite exciting. We were able to talk several times. He was on good terms with Bernstein and had a rather broad, inclusive view of composing, considering his international fame. And I began to see, if only dimly, how visual art, composing, and working with young people in a different way could be possible. I'd bought an old car, a macchina sgangarata, a jalopy, in other words, a tiny old Fiat 500 whose top speed was about 30 miles per hour, but it did the trick of getting me around town when I needed, especially with my base. The car was so small that I had to stick the base in through the sunroof, <laughs> taking up the entire interior. There was no room for anyone else, including the driver, so I sat hanging partially out of the door, securing myself with a climbing harness. Occasionally, I'd be stopped by one of the carabinieri. Signore, mi sembra un po' carico. It seems you are overloaded. <laughs> but after a bit of banter and humor about the plight of musicians, I would be led on my way. <laughs> my little Fiat also got me into the Abruzzi Mountains, which were the ancient geographical backbone of the Italian peninsula. I could rave here on end about these mountains, sparsely populated, neglected, and brimming with folklore and witchcraft. I would walk endlessly over wild hills and rock ledges without a sign of human habitation, and suddenly come across a Roman ruin. The vast span of geological time of these mountains, the relatively recent past of the Roman Empire, and all that juxtaposed with my own biological instant, standing upright in my hiking boots, well, it made me dizzy with ecstatic grasp of it all. On top of all this, and thanks to the excellent Italian railway system, Carol and I could visit the incredible cities of Florence, Pisa, Milano, Venice, and everywhere the magnificent art of the Italian culture, whether Renaissance, Roman, or contemporary, it was hard for me to imagine, and I suspect to many of us Americans, that in a rail trip of only two or three hours, it would be inconceivable for the Italians not to make friends with everyone sitting in the car's vicinity. I mean, to know the family, occupation, dreams, hopes, opinions of almost everyone in that railway car. The Italians, they just don't leave you alone. 
Even to a supposed loner like myself, I found this so appealing. It was hard not to simply fall in love with the Italians. They seemed to change me, I later realized, in a way that, well, maybe needed changing. <laughs> I often said during that year and after, Ma questo è stato l'anno migliore della mia vita. This was the best year of my life. Another delight of that year, not surprisingly, was the food itself there. The food, oh my God, in those days at least, restaurants in America serving Italian food were no way comparable to that which was readily served in Italy. Even the wine was superior. Also the pizza, which varied greatly from town to town, each region proud of its own style, and for good reason. In general, the food was fantastico, squisito, da non credere. Yeah, unbelievably delicious, not to be believed. I was hooked. <laughs> but I was there on serious business. And even though it was still unclear just what that business was, I did play a recital at the conservatory and felt as I was coming of age as an instrumentalist, I played an, a combination of classical and contemporary works. I felt pleased, but not completely inspired by the contemporary works. They seemed just a bit pedantic and cerebral, I don't know, in any case, something a non-musician would have trouble relating to. I mean, where? Where was the new music going to come from? Was the art of serious composition at a dead end? Well, of course not. But my encounter with Berio gave me a glimmer of a path, and I could see where he was headed and why Bernstein was excited about his work. But further than that, where to go? Anyway, Italy gave me a true, new, fresh leaf on life. It helped me realize the value of personal warmth and communication. I learned to ask questions of people and to listen more clearly to their thoughts and answers, I hope. Perhaps most importantly, it forever sealed my conviction that art, graphic, dramatic, poetic, dance, musical, art, were not only important to life, but life's foundation. What tiny contribution could I possibly make to this vast construct? And yet something was needed. What did art need, especially in America? I was to make a small step toward realizing that need in the coming year. <laughs>